Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Kyle Davis, Lewiston, Maine. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Aloha. This is Rick Rodriguez from the Big Island of Hawaii. Aloha. Cheryl here, coming to you from the Big Island of Hawaii, where we have lots of beautiful waterfalls, rainbows, and a live volcano. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, aloha. Sol here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. Has anybody else experienced the intoxicating elixir of what a cycle and breaking a cycle does? Meaning, when I'm in a cycle, when I'm used to a routine, when I have my set of habits... When I have things lined up in a way that is, quote, unquote, keeping me comfortable, I'm not too worried about a roof over my head, food on the table, basics are covered, blah, blah, blah. What's my incentive to bump up that routine, if any? I don't think there really is any because I got stuck in a cycle. There's no sense of adventure, really, in just doing the same thing for 50 years. And the thing that was sabotaging me is I was always thinking about, oh, wouldn't it be great if I do this? But if I do this, it'll be so awesome. If I just get this started, I'll make a ton of this, or this will work out for me. But I didn't actually take the ball and run with it. I just thought about it the whole time. So my biggest sabotager for not going on adventures was really thinking about it, not doing it. I guess it's procrastination. And just to say I'm going to shut the analyzer off and go do, if I want to do something, I'm going to go do it and have fun with it and not worry about what could go wrong, what might go wrong, 
how it would go wrong, do I have enough money, all this BS, and just get started really living an adventure, not just doing the same in and out day-to-day things that really bore my life and don't really help me actually grow. Kareem, I don't know that any of the other team seekers can key into what you're saying because I don't think anybody else just procrastinates by sitting and thinking about stuff. You know, they're... they're... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I mean, am I wrong? (laughs) Anybody else? I recall you were working on a book and you were procrastinating. You were telling us last class, I'm like, hmm... Oh, I'm sorry. There's a, there's a connection here. Joel's <laughs> trying to run away now. He's like, oh, man, you got me, bro. Caught. <laughs> <laughs> so when the fictions add up, it's like the flame gets turned up on the facts. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm looking at the facts as, oh, in the future, I could be doing this, and then it's really creating a fiction in my life. Oh, I'm going to be at the gym working out and getting in shape. Well, how about I just go about it, stop thinking about it, and actually get in shape? Then I won't have to sit there and think about it. Same with my career, my relationships, and everything else. Now, Kareem, the second you finally figure out how just sitting on the couch thinking about having a ripped six-pack abs results in you having (laughs) ripped six-pack abs, you will be a trillionaire. (laughs) (laughs) I'll launch a course next week. Can't guarantee it works, though. (laughs) When we break a cycle, who has a story where something, it may have been a crisis, it may have been an abrupt illness or an accident, but something caused a severe break in your usual cycles of things, and that break helped you break a very unhealthy habit. Anybody got a story? Oh, I can't can't resist, so I've got to dive in here. (laughs) Can't resist. All right, this is a juicy one. The day after my 40th birthday, my ex-wife decided she wasn't going to ask me. She was going to demand me to leave my house. Wow. We had a really big blowout argument over, I have no idea what it even was about anymore. She demanded that I leave and commanded and demanded, and uh, so I did. I experienced for a very short period of time what it felt like to be homeless. Mm. Need angels come to the rescue and... And I had a place to sleep and a roof over my head. And that was a a big wake-up call. Whatever fantasy I had about marriage or whatever fantasies I had about, I'm only going to do this once. That was the going phrase. It wasn't working. (laughs) Talk about facts staring me in the face, breaking up my fiction about this marriage. I could not make it work. It wasn't just up to me. Wow. Uh, that, was so, one of the, that was one of the most changing moments in my life. David, you're familiar with the concept of the law of diminishing returns, right? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> 
how does that law of diminishing returns apply to that momentous day where you were told to get out? Wow. How well, much patching I, up did you do before that day? How much compromising? How much uh, not work did you do? How much did oh, what did I you do? So to much keep your, time like walking on eggshells, trying to say the right thing and do the right thing all the time. The right thing according to my ex-wife. I tried to do everything I possibly could to make perfection in her world. Now I look back and I think it was so hilarious. When I, the more I tried, the more I mustered, the more I efforted, the worse it got. Mm-hmm. Law of diminishing <laughs> you know, returns. And that's the law of diminishing returns right there. What was interesting was that I went back for more after that. Of course. After that incident. I went back for more because I was like, oh, I'll be damned. I'll be damned if I'm not going to be able to figure this out. And I white-knuckled my marriage for another five years. Which, from a socially perceived lens, you were being a dutiful husband. Yeah, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, you know. You can't give up. You've got to make every effort. Part of our journey tonight, I want to bring out in how many ways does society support, celebrate, Cherish even sabotage. <laughs> oh boy. For example, in my work with morbidly obese people, it's becoming more and more known that family and friends are primarily the key sources of sabotage when it comes to a person getting healthier. Family structures, every one of us, I have a hunch, has a story about a way we've sabotaged ourselves, not even knowing it, thinking, like David was saying, we're going to be the best for somebody else, right? If I kept allowing people to take from me, eventually I was going to feel worth less and eventually not think anything of myself. I allowed that to happen to myself. I allowed other people coming in and dictating and not putting my foot down. And Carl, do you mind me getting a bit close to home when it comes to this question and your relationship with Team Seekers and your contract with Marsha and I? You're going to put me on the line, but go ahead. What's the contract that you have with Marsha? It's due audio files. Right. At the time you signed that contract, what did you think? It was an overwhelming experience to me. I, at first, I took off like a rocket, and then I got bored with it. Mm-hmm. Was there a part of you that thought, well, here we go again. Soul's taking advantage of me. By the time I figured up all the hours, if I was to analyze it, that I put into it, that perhaps a more experienced person would have taken a less amount of time, I put a lot of hours into those audio files, and I'm not one bit fretting over it. It's just I was contracted to do that, and I, I'm i afraid I didn't uphold all of my bargain. Have I taken advantage of you? Well, no, but in one way, it's a lot of time involved, so yes. I mean, what would it would be if I figured out three hours per audio file for 52 weeks. I mean, that's like a lot of hours put in for $1,200. 
No, I mean, it's not something that I'm going to debate over because I enjoyed the time with the people. But, no, I don't think you actually did because I learned a lot of knowledge out of it. So I, I can't say that. Because I sensed there's this potential of you feeling taken advantage of. Marsha, have you noticed the last few audio files? Who's doing the audio editing? You are. Extrapolate. You're giving me time to do more of what I need to do to pull a class together. I, myself, doing the audio files, I realize how much work it is. For the first time, I can say that I would never underestimate somebody's work because of that, because I realize that by my learning what it takes to do an audio file and clean it up, how many hours you're actually putting into it, I realize that that is a lot of value that someone gave to me. I see the value in Pay Me What I'm Worth being put on radio, and there's just a lot of immense value that was put into Pay Me What I'm Worth. Well, I appreciate that. I'm not fishing for compliments. There's a subtler lesson that I'm throwing into the mix here. Has anybody ever experienced a time in their life where they had a favorite go-to excuse? Oh, I would do dot, dot, dot if I just had more time. Anybody ever have that? (laughs) Yeah. And then all of a sudden... You have more time. (laughs) Now what? (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Yep. I see your point. (laughs) It's like just get started. Does this ring close to home to anybody? Just get started and do it. Because you make time. You sacrifice other things to do something you really want to achieve. It's a very powerful teaching tool in my life to be confronted with my facts and my fictions. If I'm wise enough to learn from what I'm being taught, I have no regrets. Right. If I'm silly enough to sabotage myself by thinking, oh, well, and then I insert another excuse, or I fall into the victim mode, or I come up with something that most of society would consider quite valid. I'm still not learning my lesson, so I'm doomed to repeat it again. Yeah? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another tactic of teaching pay me what I'm worth is recognizing There are going to be times where I know each and every one of you are going to go, "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) You want me to spell that? Oh, my goodness. There's going to be the perfect storm <laughs> of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry are going to crash all together in the most inopportune time, and you're going to curse my name. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, in the interest of that, I actually wanted to tell a personal story because I've been struggling to see, was it sabotage or was it a good thing? And to understand, really, because I haven't exactly seen how I wanted to look at it, the sabotage of saying, ooh, I have to do what society and my parents and my teachers and professors think is best and get a job, led me to the inevitable truth that that's not what I wanted to do. And by acknowledging that, I could go out and journey around and find people like Chris and Marsha who brought me eventually here into other places. Even sometimes sabotage can lead me to a greater truth about myself. And sometimes I look at it a bad way and sometimes I look at it a good way, but ultimately I think it's a very good educational experience when I mess up. So, Kareem, is it safe to say that you're beginning to discover that the universe is conspiring for you? Yes. We've heard this old saying before. Is this familiar to anyone else? The universe is against me. Yeah. I've heard people say yes. that. Yeah. Everybody's conspiring to kill me, and everybody's taking advantage of me, and victim, 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 Yep. Right? Yeah. I used to say that all the time. I used to think that the universe didn't give a shit about me. It's like, oh, it's it's coming to, it's all come crashing down, and now I'm left with this. Thanks a lot. And you expected it. It's well, like, well, one shoe's dropped. Where's the other one? It's got to be coming soon, right? Yep. yep. When I started on my journey with personal development, when I was doing another program with Marsha and Kareem, I had a girlfriend who used to get mad at me and say I wasn't spending enough time with her because I'm ambitious to achieve what I want. And I was like David H. Paul. I kept trying to save the relationship, and one day I just went, you know what? F this. I'm done. And I left. It's like, I'm, I don't need this. I think it's, for me, lessons have shown up when they needed to. And I'm learning and I'm growing. I'm like, okay, on to the next thing, whatever it is. Uh, now I'm here. And now you see why, Chris, that when you encounter someone who is in a partnered relationship, it is mandatory if they want to take the journey that that partner comes with them. Yep. Period. Yep. No exceptions. Nope, because you're going to drift apart anyway. How many different forms of sabotage unfold when one person starts growing and getting excited and they begin to blossom and their partner is going, holy crap, what is this person doing? Where is it going? Am I going to be part of this? Right? The person who's growing and wants to get to do something more with their life is not responsible for the other partner. It's the other partner's decision to go, okay, I'm going to go with you on this journey because we do. I love you and I'll do this with you because I support you and I would like to learn something as well. That's gonna, what needs to happen. My favorite tagline is grow with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not go with me. Yeah. You can, anybody can go with me. Mm-hmm. Grow with me. Where do you think unconditional love, the giving and receiving of unconditional love plays into ethics and integrity. Unconditional love allows me to let you be you. 
true or false? True. 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 Anybody want to say false? Unconditional love allows me to be present with you without you having to mold or shape or contrive or manipulate yourself in any form or fashion. You can just be yourself. Is that a true or false statement? So far I've gotten a couple trues. (laughs) Nobody's going to chime in and say false? Come on, Rick. You're the devil's advocate. (laughs) Seems true to me. It seems true. I don't. I've never heard of that D guy you're talking about. (laughs) Where that came from? So that means that if, for example, again, I'll use my own life example. When I was in my upper twenties and I was close to 325 pounds, where I could sit at one seating and eat three large, commonly known pizza named pizzas and drink four liters of Coca-Cola in front of someone, I was oblivious, totally oblivious of the pain and suffering that I was inflicting on the rest of the people in the room. It wasn't until years later that people would confide in me that they were expecting me to have a heart attack right there. (laughs) But they were trying to practice unconditional love by letting me be me. Because they knew that if they were to confront me at that point in my development, I'd tell them to go flip off and probably never see them again. Has anybody had relationships where someone confronted you with your word not being your deed and you told them to take a flying hmm? Has anybody experienced a time in your life where someone pointed out a painful truth and your option was to walk away from them? Mm-hmm. Cycles. Cycles and habits are really good ways we establish our sabotage. When you take a glance back on your worth timelines, how many different ways do you now see you've sabotaged yourself? I am actually left-handed. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on here. And when I went to get a guitar, I couldn't find that one was left-handed when I was 16. But I was like, I'm going to play guitar. It's cool. I want to play Iron Man. So I got a right-handed guitar, and I struggled really, really hard. And then one of my teachers actually, go figure, (laughs) told me he didn't think I was going to learn to play like two chords. He didn't even think I could play anything really on the guitar. And he almost hinted to me to quit. So that's like the person who's supposed to teach me. And what I did was I didn't necessarily walk away metaphorically. I didn't like stamp off. I'm like, okay, I'll show you. So I spent hours and hours holding down chords, playing scales, learning like with different little note structures, learning how to put like songs together, learning how to sing while playing chords. Even though I didn't advance as fast as the other people who were learning, two to three years later, I could go to an open mic night and win it. I could join a band and I could entertain people for hours with an acoustic guitar, and I still can today. And the interesting thing was they pointed out since I was left-handed and I was having trouble learning guitar that way that I would never be able to do it. And for a while I believed them until I stopped sabotaging myself and said, I want to do it anyway. Why do I really care that my teacher's telling me I can't do it? Good story. 
What's coming up for folks as we dive into this topic of sabotage? Are you aware that Chapter 9 gives you a get-out-of-jail-free card? And if so, what is that get-out-of-jail-free card? Has anybody been in a situation where you promised someone something by a certain date and a certain time, and due to your procrastination skills or sabotage skills or whatever, that date and time arrived, and nope, not going to happen. Anybody got that sort of scenario ever in their life? Are you talking about as me or when dealing with another person? Anybody. Anybody. Has anybody ever been in a situation with themselves or anybody else yes. where you've made a promise and blew it? Where they made a promise to me or I made a promise to them? Where you made a promise to them or yourself and you didn't keep the promise. Yeah, that's happened before. Yeah. Anybody else? I'm sure it's happened to me. I just can't pinpoint the exact story. Ms. Brigetta, are you open to me doing a, a little example here with you? Can I pick on you? Well, I promised to do things, and I'm still working on it. Does that count? That counts. I'm going to use a different example. Can I use you in, as a kind of a sounding board? Yes. So, Brigetta, if I tell you that I'm going to come and mow your lawn because your lawn needs mowing, and I'm going to be there at 1 o'clock on Friday, and 1 o'clock on Friday comes and goes and you don't see me. What do you think about me? I'd be very upset unless you had a heart attack or something drastically had happened. <laughs> ah, okay, fair enough. All right, well, let's, let's flavor up this same example. I tell you I'm going to come and mow your lawn. It's 1 o'clock on Friday. And now it's 9 o'clock on Friday morning, and I call you up, and I just tell you, I know I made you this promise that I was going to be there at 1 o'clock. It's just not working out. Can I reschedule? How would you feel then? You mean for later or come earlier? Either or. Well, um that might be okay. It depends on the reason, I guess. Uh, they might do it one time, but if they did it again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, believe them anymore. So let's say I made an agreement with you. We rescheduled for that I would come on Monday at one o'clock instead of Friday on Monday at one o'clock. And you hear through the grapevine that basically I've been just screwing around. I've been at the beach, or I've been just. There's no reason why I couldn't have been at your house at one o'clock on Friday. I just decided that I was, didn't want to do it. I knew I promised you it, but I figured if I called you and rescheduled, and you said, okay, I'm off the hook, right? That might be what you figured, but <laughs> <laughs> I would say, do me once, shame on you, but do me twice, shame on me, and that would exactly. be Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Now, let's say... It's now approaching 1 o'clock on Monday where I told you that I was going to show up on time, and I just blew it off. Now what? Oh, I just wouldn't answer the phone when you called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I already have my yard mowed. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to do it myself. <laughs> now, there's a bit of a paradox in this example that I'm offering anybody. Anybody have an idea what the paradox is? Is that the get-out-of-jail card that you're talking about? <laughs> sort of. Sort of. 
The get out of jail free card is that when I make an agreement with you, and something, and that agreement is based on what I hold to know be true, but then something happens that's completely, obviously, out of my control, and I have to change that agreement. Part of the paradox here is if you start getting pissed at me for wanting to change the agreement, especially for something that's really out of my control, mm-hmm. what incentive do I have to continue our relationship? Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Where does grace come into this? I yeah. seem to recall in a prior class I talked about the concept of grace. Who recalls what we talked about? Well, I know what the concept of grace is. And, and honestly, I'm so thankful for grace because grace is really helped me because I've needed it so many times. <laughs> Thank you. As long as I am doing the best that I can with my situation, if I need to change something and I ask that it can be changed, my understanding is that I'm still being ethical. Yep. Bingo. There's your get-out-of-jail-free card. (laughs) People follow that? Yeah, I get it. Sometimes circumstances happen to me, and I can't make an obligation. It doesn't mean that if I go out partying and blow off, if I'm supposed to be at class or supposed to meet a friend or supposed to meet my girlfriend, that's cool. But if I get hit by a truck, maybe I can't make it to class. (laughs) And even if you continue to get hit by trucks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I sure hope it's only one. (laughs) <laughs> even That's brutal, if, Saul. Even if each of you come up with the most creative, exciting, entertaining, plausible, socially acceptable excuses, time after time after time, I'm fine with that. Why? Because it's only hurting them, it's not hurting you. Bingo. Right. Yep, they're only doing it to themselves. It doesn't have any repercussions on you, only what comes out later in their wash. (laughs) When I decide it's my turn to be your karmic teacher, if I'm ever foolish enough to think that I have the, quote, divine blessing, unquote, to, quote, teach you a lesson, unquote, by holding your nose to the fire or pointing out the error of your ways or whatever moral high ground I want to get on. If I'm ever that stupid to do that, (laughs) I can guarantee you that the universe, the divine, whatever term you want to use, will go, oh, so you're acting as a judge, are you? Well, let's see what we got for you. Uh-uh. Oh, no. I'm not opening that door. I'm not opening up that door. I think it comes down to that famous saying, he who was without sin could cast the first stone. And then when you really look back at it, you're like, oh, I'm a perfect 
dude, I, I do everything right. It's, it's this guy who's messing up. Or that. And I say, well, maybe that's not true. Maybe I have some character flaws too, and if I start throwing stuff at other people, how am I really any better? Well, Kareem, take that even further. What if you are? Okay. What if, if indeed you have earned the right to throw the stone? Does that not open the door for other people to throw stones back? Yeah. And then it becomes a whole who did what and who did what to who, and then you get in the whole Romeo-Juliet of things of, I don't know who started the fight, but let's keep fighting, instead of, (laughs) (laughs) okay, I make mistakes, you make mistakes, we're human. I set the stage for this in Chapter 6. Remember how I talked about in Chapter 6, when you're confronted with those people who want to give you a pity story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does anybody re- recall what was happening in Chapter 6 around that, the oh, woe is me story? Yeah. What did I suggest you respond back with? That they what tell you, you how the they, what they learned from it and how they would change it next time. Bingo. Yep. Do you see how that sets the stage for Chapter 9? By me holding the space for you to arrive at your own aha versus me handing you the silver spoon or for me going, oh, look at me. Look how prophetic I am. Boy, Marsha, let me tell you, did you see blah, 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 blah? And you go, oh, my God, soul, no, I didn't even see that. Oh, thank you for telling me that. Well, I just robbed you. (laughs) I just robbed you of that aha moment, didn't I? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I will guarantee you there will be parts of this journey that you're going to go, damn, I was on it. Ooh, I nailed it. I can guarantee you that there are going to be times where you're going to go, ah, Excellent. And then, if you're wise, you might go, uh oh. (laughs) 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 That's where the foresight comes in. (laughs) Ethical foresight, exactly. So tonight as we play with sabotage, I'm hoping you begin to see that we we can play with our gremlins. We can treat our sabotages, our ways of sabotaging, as really powerful teachers, yeah? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be afraid of them. Yeah. You know, I get caught by mine all the time. I figured out what my fact is that my biggest sabotage to myself is expectations. Mm-hmm. I'm with Cheryl on that one. I that through learning through the last couple of chapters and this one that I'm pretty ethical. And I have expectations that other people will be ethical. <laughs> and it gets me every time. Yep. Yeah. One of my things, the way that I think expectations of things is that I get enthused about something and for heaven only knows why. That's my fact. I don't know why. I think other people would be enthused about stuff too. I have a really good example. Like doing that assignment that we did on contracts a, a little while uh-huh. back. 
Uh-huh. And I was, it said that you're supposed to set up the task. So I set up the task and the rules and everything. And we're supposed to involve all the other team seekers. And I was expecting, expectations there, everybody to want to participate. That was just me expecting that people would want to share in my enthusiasm in making this quilt for Marsha and everything, and that they'd want to participate. But in reality, my fiction there, don't drag anybody else into anything. (laughs) (laughs) So had to come to a reality there. But, yep, the expectations will get me every time. That's my biggest sabotage. Powerful reckoning there. Cheryl, powerful reckoning. When yeah. people make contracts with me, and I know they do it in their best intentions, and then for whatever reason they don't follow through, because I have a goal in my life to be free of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry on both sides of the coin, meaning I wish not to receive doubt, guilt, shame, or worry, nor do I wish to be the source of doubt, guilt, shame, or worry. Yeah. To attain that level of freedom, I have to swim in a lot of grace, meaning that even though you may have the best intentions on doing X, Y, and Z, I have to let that go because there's no way I know what's going to unfold, right? Right. Yep. So as you've gone on this journey, I want to be explicit about my ethics and my ethics of wanting to be clear of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. If a choice was made to feel one of those feelings while on this journey, I beg you to really look at the source of that feeling, what triggered it. More specifically, when you're screaming my name in vain, (laughs) what triggered that? What's the root of that scream. There's a powerful lesson there. I consider the notion that should you choose to learn from that lesson, I will sleep a deep sleep with no doubt, guilt, shame, or worry. Thoughts? Questions? I think this is a powerful, powerful lesson um, on ethics and integrity, for sure and being able to release what I need to release on a daily basis. That's what's really helped me to say what I want to do and then do what I need to do. And then also at the same time look at my facts as I'm going through my journey because (laughs) it's my journey. Bingo. That's the one takeaway for Chapter 9 is recognizing your ethics are your ethics, period. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. Exactly. Buck stops here. (laughs) Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? 
We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captains. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.